Hello, what's up, Cape Christian? How you guys doing today? Yeah. Also, welcome to everybody, Cape Christian, our church online, our online campus from all over the world. I haven't done this for a while, but whether you're in the north or the Midwest or the south, east coast, west coast, or somewhere overseas, jump in that chat right now and let us know where you're joining us from uh, because we are one church, but we are a lot of different places. And so we're so glad. Aren't we glad they're with us too, our online church? Yeah, yeah. So we, we love you guys. Um, Shout it out. So, uh, hey, if you are new here, I know it's already been said, but just welcome. We're so glad that you are here. And, and I wanna say, uh, I feel a little bit bad because you're coming in on the very tail end of what has been a really powerful six-week series. Uh, we, have, we are just kind of landing the plane. We have been doing uh, some deep work in our hearts and it's been kind of inspired by the book by John Eldridge, Get Your Life Back. So we've been doing the series, Get Your Life Back. And um, if, if you've missed it, you can watch all the messages online. Uh, but I just wanna say this as your pastor or as somebody who you're maybe just visiting, if you've never read this book or, or even if you've kind of been through it and you're like, ah, oh, we started strong, don't just quit on this because we're gonna go to the next series. If you started it and you haven't finished it, this book is just so, there's so much good stuff in here. And so um, I wanna encourage you to pick it back up, maybe reread it. Um, uh, and so we've preached a little bit out of this book and then some extra stuff as well. And so you can get both of those. Also, we've been diving into the, the 20, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the pause app, uh, the, whether the one minute or the three minute or the five minute pauses. I, I I'm so, was so blessed this week. Somebody who's a, a high achiever, a man of God, uh, really successful, just sent me a text. He's been following Jesus a long time, has a healthy, strong family and business said, man, I can't tell you the pause app has absolutely changed my life. Just changed my life. It helped me just to give things to God regularly and, and the beautiful simplicity of inviting God in regularly. And so if you're not doing that, um, I would invite you to do that. And then the last thing is um, tomorrow we're finishing our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We had our, our 21 days of prayer books. If you wanna see what those are, we're gonna keep them on our app and online. You can check those out as well. And several of you said, Pastor, this has been amazing. Uh, can you write another one? Can we get one for 365 days? What are we gonna do next? Um, we do this once or twice a year where we give you our own book. We put it out there, um, but I wanna help you. I'll give you two practical things because this has been so profound for some of you. Number one, chances are you've forgotten more than you've read in the last three weeks. So start over on Monday. Just take this thing and start it over and do it every three weeks between now and December. And we'll give you a new one in January at the beginning of the year with 21 days of prayer. So that's one option. Or number two, they have this great app on your phone called the YouVersion, the Bible app. It's amazing. It has a Bible reading project for everything under the sun, literally. So whether it's anxiety or faith or joy or generosity, go find one and just do that reading project and literally do what we've been doing here, which is just SOAP, S-O-A-P. So just write those letters, go to Walmart, get an $8 journal and write the letters S-O-A-P on your journal and write the scripture, then your observation, make some sort of application and then write a prayer. And you literally can do the same thing on your own that we've been doing together. And so there's two options because some of you have experienced really a deepening and a better union with God because you've been doing this. Let me just tell you, this little book is not the secret or the key. The fact that you've cut out space and made time to connect with the creator of the universe and you've been doing it is the key. So find a template or a tool and keep doing it because I'm so proud of you guys. So I just wanted to say that um, the next one of these will be available in 2022, January. Um, but did you guys like doing it again in the fall? Should we do this twice a year? Okay, all right, we will. So here's the, here's the, the reality about this message. Um, 
For the last five weeks, we've been just been getting into some deep work. We've been talking about the heart and why and really digging, d- diving deep. And, and I'm going to use a football analogy because I love football and, and the season just started. Um, if, you, if you've ever played on a football team or what the teams have experienced is they went through summer conditioning and they went through training and practice and practice in the fall and practice in the fall and practice in the fall. And it's a lot of fundamentals and it's a lot of why. But at some point when that first game starts, you, you get in the huddle and you actually have to get into the practicals to go run the play. Like you can be in, you can be strong, you can be fast, you can have worked out all the, the fundamentals, but at some point you have to actually execute or implement some strategy or else all you've done is got a lot of really good information. You've maybe got bigger and healthier and stronger, but you have to go run the play. And so I'm just gonna tell you, most of our messages aren't quite maybe this practical or, or maybe, I don't know if it's the cerebral because that makes me sound way smarter than I really am. Um, and if you've been here a while, you know that's true. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but this, is the, this is the, we've been practicing and doing this for five, now six weeks, and this is the huddle. And when we walk out those doors or shut our laptop or TV off this weekend online, we're gonna go run the play. This is how can we implement and sustain some of the things that we've been talking about because so many of us have had God move so deeply in our hearts and our lives over the last six weeks. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you, I'll tell you right up front, I'm gonna give you four categories. And the goal of this message is not to go, oh my gosh, I got to do all of this. Nope. The goal of this message is to have a highlighter. And the question as we start right away is, what's the one thing that God wants to highlight in your life this weekend? One, you can't, you can't have two, you don't get to have four. You pick one because this is, I, I, I'm a big, I love the heart and the why, but if we don't go run the player, implement it, all we've done is entertained ourselves with a lot of good information, but we failed to implement and apply it. And James says, let's not just be hearers of the word, but let's actually put it into practice into our life, amen? And so we're gonna do that. Uh, and so um, the, what I wanna talk about getting our life back, the last kind of wrapping this up, the last five weeks, if we are truly gonna get our lives back, if we're gonna find these rhythms and eliminate the noise and create space for the voice of God and cut some things out and have a greater union with God and, it, and be connected to people that are important. Last week, Will did a phenomenal job. If we're gonna do all of those things, then this is what's gonna be required. It's not amazing, it's not sexy, but you have to do it. And it's, we're going to have to live on purpose. You were created for a purpose. You were created with a purpose and you will experience that and, and walk in that if you choose to live intentionally or live on purpose. And, and I think if we were honest, the last 18 months or so since the, the pandemic started has just done a lot of things to pull us off of our purpose. If we've kind of lost our focus, like what am I to be about? We've went into like self-survival mode, self-sufficiency mode. It's been like, ah, oh, what do I gotta do? What's everybody else saying? What, what's going on here? And, and it's been hard, this year's been hard, I think partly because we've been literally pulled off of what our divine design or our purpose. And, and, uh, and here's what I love about the, this idea of purpose. You are made on purpose with a purpose. Paul articulates it beautifully in the book of, of Ephesians chapter two. He says this, and this is true for every single one of God's creation. So this means it's true of you. It says, for, say, I am. I am. Now say it like you mean it. I am. God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good things, which God prepared in advance for me to do. That's true for you. You are God's handiwork created in Christ 
to do good things, which God prepared ahead of time for you to do. You aren't just here by random. It's not an accident. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And I think one of the, thing, one of the things that keeps us from experiencing all that God in life has for us is when we miss our purpose. And when I say purpose, I don't mean career. That can be part of it, but it's not the all of it. I don't mean just family or friendships that can be part of it, but that's not all of it. And so the devil, his job, we've been talking about John 10, 10 throughout this. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. God came to give us life. His goal, as we've been talking about, is to pull you off purpose. He wants to pull you off purpose. And he would love for some like really dark hidden sin to be the thing to pull you off purpose. But as we've been saying, he doesn't care what it is. He'll do anything to get you off purpose. He'll distract you with busyness. He'll distract you with too much going on. He'll distract you with religious activity. He'll distract you with just too much of everything. He'll do whatever he can to get you off purpose. And so let me ask you this question. I want you to think about this for a moment. When was the last time you felt fully alive? Like, wow, like, oh, I feel alive. Last week, I got to go across the state and, and preach at a church and I, I'm an overseer for them. And I got to just work with their leadership team and, and just give them some stuff that we've been doing. I came back, I just spent myself, but I, was, I felt fully alive. I was just so alive because I got to, to give what's in me and help maybe add value to somebody else. When was the last time you felt fully alive? Maybe it'll be Monday when the fast is over and you get to go back to soda or Krispy Kreme or coffee or social media or whatever it is you've been fasting last 21 days. Uh, maybe you felt fully alive when your, your team won a championship, which means anybody from Tampa basically these days. Um, or, or maybe it was when you went on a vacation and disconnected from the world, but connected to your family in, in a very real way. Maybe you felt alive when, when that girl or that guy asked you out, or maybe you got your stimulus check. There's a lot of things that make us feel alive. Maybe for some of us, it was in the last 21 days as we created some space and we heard God whisper some really important things to our hearts to remind us of his love and his purpose for our life. Maybe it was when we had a connection with God that we forgot we were created for and it made us feel alive. My guess is the last time you felt fully alive was when you committed yourself to a purpose greater than yourself. When you were about something just beyond you, when you went beyond just me and, 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 and my life, but beyond myself. And, and when you can live on purpose and when you can live with a purpose, it literally changes everything. And, and we call it living intentionally. So I wanna do, what I wanna do is I wanna give you four, if we're going to get our lives back, I believe there's four areas. There's probably more than four, but I wanna highlight four areas and ask you the question, which of these is the Holy Spirit kind of highlighting in your heart or your Bible or your mind this weekend? Um, because the truth is if we, if all we do is just live and, and to the next paycheck and, and pay the bills and order stuff on Amazon and scroll through Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, we may make it through, or we may make it through life, but we're gonna get pretty dissatisfied. We're gonna be pretty discouraged and, and we're gonna find ourselves going like, I hope there's more than this. And so getting our life back is gonna look like getting, living on purpose. And there's a great scripture in Ecclesiastes 4 that has kind of, uh, kind of spans the, the, the whole essence of what we've been talking about the last five weeks. And the author Solomon writes it this way in Ecclesiastes 6. He says, better to have one handful with quietness than two hands full with hard work and chasing the wind. Come on, isn't that what we've been talking about the last five weeks? Better to have one handful, but I have the peace and the rest for my soul and a rhythm I can sustain. And I feel like I'm not always a day late and a dollar short versus two handfuls. And I, I'm grinding and I'm working hard and I'm always chasing the wind and it's never enough. And I think there's a great picture of this. I got a picture when I, when I read this of some of us we have, it's almost like that trip to the grocery store where you should take three trips to the car, but you're bound and determined to do it in one. You know what I mean? Like hang it on the biceps. You know what I mean? Some of us have been filling our life with so many things. We're so full 
And we want God's peace. We want his stillness. We want him to add to our life. But to be honest, there's no room for anything unless we let some things go. And God is saying, hey, that one handful is more than enough for me to take care of you. And on the other hand, now you have this peace, this rhythm, this quietness. And so, uh, so here's what we learn early on, right? We, we all know this. It's, it's a hard truth to swallow, but nobody ends up somewhere great on accident, right? Like nobody ever woke up and was like, dude, I don't know what happened. Kids are incredibly well-behaved, getting a great education. My marriage has never been better. The finances are in total tracking. We're investing, we're giving, we're generous. Uh, I'm in great health. Uh, my business is going well. I have this unbelievable rhythm. I say no to the wrong thing, right things. I say yes to the wrong, uh, however that's supposed to go. I say no to the wrong things. I say yes to the right things. You know what I meant, shut up. Like, I just don't know how I got here. Like everything is seriously amazing. It just, I just woke, and that's said no one ever, right? Why? Because we know that we have uphill dreams and goals with downhill habits and lifestyle, right? So if we're gonna experience all that God has for us, we have to get intentional and live on purpose. And so if we're gonna get our life back, we're gonna have, with these four areas, I wanna give you four areas to, to highlight. Again, we're gonna go really quickly. I'd encourage you to take notes because I'm gonna give you some thoughts and some questions, but here we go. If we're gonna live intentionally, if we're gonna get our life back, if we're gonna go run the play after we leave this series and not just like, that was a great series, now let's go back to the chaos. Let's please not do that. Let's go run the play for a really long time and change uh, 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 like literally the heritage of our life. Then we, I'm gonna ask you to kind of pick and get Holy Spirit is one of these four areas what you have for me. And so if we're gonna get our life back, we must live intentionally in our family. We must live intentionally financially. We must live intentionally physically and we must live intentionally spiritually. And I'm just gonna jump into these and break them down really, really quick. And again, I'm not gonna re-preach anything that's been said, but I wanna highlight which one of these is God going, that's you right now. That's you right now. And so let's talk about family. First of all, I'm not gonna re-preach Pastor Will's. Uh, Will Hutcherson was here last week, did a phenomenal job. Uh, if, you, if you were blessed by him and didn't get a book and want one, we can help you do that. Um, uh, and so living on purpose with your family, I'm not gonna even give you messages or scriptures. I just wanna give you some questions. If you will ask these questions, if you're married, if you have kids, if you ask these questions, this is what living on purpose looks like. So I'm gonna give you, if you are married, let me give you four questions that you could ask that I think will really help you move the needle in your marriage. Number one uh, is how are we doing? Really? How are we doing? When was the last time you asked that question? and sat down and had enough space to really answer that question. How are we really doing? I would encourage you all to write these down or again, take that device that takes pictures in your pocket and take a picture of me next to this or just take this when it's fully filled out. But this is really good. Number two, let's talk about what's working. What is, what's going well? Where are we winning? What's working, thankfully? Quality time, the way we're investing in our future, uh, our rhythms, what, what is working? The third one, this is a really big one. What's not working? Honestly, like be, what's not working? What do we, where do we want to see ourselves get better? Honestly. And then the fourth one is this, where, and I'm going to keep coming back to this question right here. Where do we want to be nine months from now prayerfully? Where do I want my marriage? Yeah, now get the cameras out and take the picture. Where do I want my marriage to be nine months from now? Let's talk about how are we really doing? Can I, can I just be your pastor for a second? It's sad how many marriage problems I see in my office or in our counseling department that we end up giving to them where there's been underlying issues for 10, 20, or 30 years. And now all of a sudden you have tension in a marriage or you're uh, talking about divorce or you're splitting up and you go, what? And one person gets blindsided with like, I thought things were good. And it's like, well, I haven't been happy for 15 years. Like what? That's way more common than you would. Some of you, I just told your story. 
Because we don't ask this question, how are we doing? This should be a regular checkup. How are we doing really? What's working? What's not working? And if you can't get through this conversation, we have clinical license counseling here and pastoral counseling. We're here to help you because these four questions could create enough of a problem to help you realize maybe our goal is in nine months from now to be able to have this conversation without an, without an interpreter. So there's your four questions. I, we could make a whole message out of this, but we're not. We're gonna keep moving because I got plenty of other things. But these would be four Great questions to plan a date night in the next 30 days and go, we're gonna get a babysitter. We're gonna create extra room. Um, babe, you better get us six hours because I have some thoughts on number three. Um, okay, I'll get us, we'll do an overnight hotel because I also have some thoughts on number three. Um, but we gotta end on number four, nine months. You gotta draw a picture of where you wanna be nine months from now and then go, what are the steps we gotta take? How are we gonna get there? Some of you, this will save your marriage. Some of you, this will add the health to your marriage that you're looking for. So that's for your marriage. Not everybody's married. I, I, I respect that. I honor that. If you're not married, put this in your like holster for when you get married. Um, if you have kids, you want to change the dynamic in your home? These two questions are very, ask your kids. Do you know how often the voice of God sounds a whole lot like our kids? Watch what I mean in just a second. If you have kids, I'm gonna give you two questions. So how we're gonna get our family back, it's literally just six questions in addition to everything else we've preached the last five weeks. Pastor, I wasn't here five weeks ago. It's all on our app, it's on our website. You'll have a great time with it this week watching that instead of Facebook drama. So there you go. Um, ask your kids this, what do you wish we did more of? What do you wish we did more of? Think about this, how many of you would have greatly benefited from your parents asking you that when you were six? 12, 16, and here's why kids sound a lot like the voice of God probably. You know what they're gonna say? Less screen time, less detached time, a little more fully present time, maybe a game night. Do we always have to be stressed or tired or angry or in a hurry? Could, could we just connect? Could we laugh some more? It's gonna sound a lot like probably what God would want for your family. That's what your kids are gonna say. I can guarantee it. Number two is the same type of question. Ask your kids this, what do you wish we did less of? And, and, be, and do not be defensive. If you are going to come at your kids with their answer, you're not ready to ask this question. Just listen with the intent to understand, to quote Stephen Covey. Just listen. What are they gonna, you know what they're gonna say? We're always going somewhere. We got so much going on. You're always busy. You're never fully there. Even when we're down, you're on your phone and da, 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 and email. And yeah, and I'm glad we get to go on the vacation. I'm super glad I, my college is already paid for and I'm five years old, but like, I wish I got to see you. <laughs> I wish you and mom didn't fight in front of us. I wish we didn't raise our voices. I wish we yelled less. Your kids are gonna sound a whole lot like what the Holy Spirit would probably say if you let him into your marriage and your family. Ask these two questions and you, don't, you tell me that God's not gonna transform your family nine months from now. Do it. And listen, we're all gonna swallow our pride because we're all broken people. Remember, this is that church, no perfect people. We're all a mess, so you're in great company. So we're just gonna be honest about our reality and allow God to, to heal. And, and remember, we talked two weeks ago, we don't want relief, we want restoration. Come on, somebody. Amen. We don't want a quick fix. We want to like, let God do his work. So there's your six questions. <laughs> we ready to just have an altar call? Pray right now, like call it a weekend, like good job, pastor, let's go. That should be a great four-week series. But listen, we have a heart for families. And, and, and I think part of the reason, I'll just say this, I'm on, I'm on camera, public, put it out there. I think the reason America is breaking down is because the home is breaking down. It's, it's, I think it's that simple. It's that simple. And so God super cares about 
families. We got dads leaving responsibility. There's no connection. If we, I think this matters to the heart of God. It matters to this church and this pastor. We don't want you to come and be super involved. I tell my staff all the time, God did not call you to ministry at expense of your family. This should not just be a good place to come to church. It should be a great place to work and a great place to serve. And if it's not, we're missing it. So God wants your family, that, that, that matters. And, and just know there's no guilt, there's no shame, but your heavenly father wants this so bad for you, so bad. And some of you, two weeks ago, I talked about the neglected places of our souls or ungrieved griefs. Maybe just maybe this is where you need to go back in your past and allow God to heal some things that didn't happen that probably should have in your family so that you don't unintentionally recreate the same mistakes of the past. This matters. So we're gonna live on purpose in our family, in our marriage. Uh, so number two, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go quick through the next couple. Live on purpose financially. Just live on purpose financially. What do I mean? Just have a, play, a, a plan for your money. Like know where your money is going. Um, the, normal, the normal thinking in our, in our society is, is to, to just so, totally self-focus on ourselves and our, our money. But we want, we, want our lives, uh, we want our lives to impact and add value to others, but we also want to be healthy. And so we want both of those things to be true. And so I'm just... Um, uh, by the way, the word give shows up more than the word believe, the more than the word love, the more than the word pray in the Bible. And, and we don't talk that much about finances here a, a ton, but I just want us to know like generosity and having a generous spirit and be others oriented and minded is a trademark of being a follower of Jesus. There's just no way around it with your time, your energy and your talent. And so some of the family issues we have come out of financial stuff. And so let's talk about finances just for a couple of minutes. Um, so what does it look like to get your life back or live on purpose in your finances? I'm gonna give you four really, really simple practical things. You might've heard this before. There's all kinds of tools on our Right Now Media. We have uh, small groups, the Dave Ramsey, financial peace stuff you can get into, but I just wanna broad brush real quick. Maybe this is the, the thing that the Holy Spirit wants to highlight. It's time to stop saying, okay, this year I'm gonna get my finances over. This, this is the time. So if this is us, four things real quick. Number one, put God first. Proverbs 3.9 says it this way, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your crops. We've talked and we did the, the whole table illustration here a couple years ago. God just wants what's first and what's best. He doesn't need all of it. He just wants what's first and what's best. And he says he'll bless and do more with the 90% than you could ever do with the 100% if you didn't bring him into the equation. So we're gonna honor God. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna make a plan to make sure that, our, that money doesn't own us, but we own our money. That's, that's the deal with that. That's the main reason we give. Uh, number two, beyond putting God first, we're gonna live on a budget. Just give every dollar a name, know where it goes. Don't be an emotional buyer, eater, all those things. Like know what the plan is and stick to the plan. Again, all kinds of tools out there for this. Number three, crazy idea, live on less than you make. Live below your means. You don't need the latest, greatest, newest, every iPhone, Ford F-150, house, boat, whatever the thing. And there's nothing wrong with those things. I like most of those things. I wish I had all of them. God bless you if you do, but live on less than you make. Create margin. I love how Proverbs 21:20 says it. It says, the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but the fool gulps all theirs down. That's like really good. Wise people store up a little bit. Here in a as a church, as soon as the pandemic hit, we way shrunk our budget. We didn't stop our mission, but we started to get really intentional about with our dollars and we saw what could be happening and we started saving and putting money away because we didn't wanna be a fool who gulped all of it down. Like, well, we can't pay the bills, pay our people or, or even bless our city. So there we go. We upped our missions. We didn't down our missions. We did all the things that we thought felt would honor God because we didn't know what was gonna happen. And now we're in a really good place where we have a lot of cash in the bank to bless other people and who knows what's gonna happen. Why? Because we didn't wanna just gulp it down, but we wanted to store it up just in case. Live like that so that way you can not only bless yourselves, but be a blessing to other people. 
I love that in the middle of a pandemic, we're talking about what other church plants do we want to invest in? What other missions can we take on? Not who are we going to fire this week? I'm just so grateful that that's not our reality today. Uh, and then number four, have a strategy for getting out of debt. Have a plan, run the play, just go do it. Get a, get a debt strategy. And the strategy can't be, well, I'll just do what I've been doing because that's insanity. If, if you've been in debt, insanity is continuing to do what I think I, I've been doing and hoping for a different result. So um, we're gonna give, we're gonna be generous, we're gonna live below our means and we're gonna, we're, gonna sh- we're gonna show the world what God's love is like through our generosity and not just financially, but with our time, with our energy. We're gonna add value everywhere. That's what we say all the time here. But that's one way we can get our life back is financially. The third one I'm gonna talk about for like two minutes, live on purpose physically, physically. We did a series called CrossFit a few months ago. It wasn't about pump you up. It wasn't about that at all. It was literally about the fundamentals of following Jesus, conviction and condemnation. We talked about all those things, salvation, what does it mean? But it's worth noting that in 1 Corinthians chapter six, as Paul's explaining how to live for God to be a Jesus follower, he does say, do you not know that your body, your, your earth suit is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Remember we said in the beginning of January, no more sacred places, no more sacred buildings. The temple doesn't matter. The tabernacle doesn't matter. If you remember that, right? Some of you are nodding. Where, where, where's the new, the spirit of God used to dwell in the middle of the city. Now he dwells in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it says, so, who, so our bodies are temple of the Holy Spirit who's in us, whom we have received from God. Verse 20, I love, says this. You were bought with a price. What was the price? Christ gave his life on your behalf for free. So what could we do in response to that? Therefore, honor God with your body. Listen, I'm not talking about being the next Mr. Universe or the next Miss America. I'm just talking about, am I really stewarding well the temple that God gave me? Am I just, am I exercising? Am I eating healthy? Am I getting decent sleep? Or am I just constantly living on Red Bull? You know, um, I know it, it seems like I live on Red Bull. I'm not allowed to touch the stuff. Um, could you imagine, dear God, uh, So let me ask the same question I did in, in, in the marriage question. What's one, one health decision, just one that you could make that yourself nine months from now would thank you for? That if, if you could get in the DeLorean, 1.21 gigawatts, holy smokes, you know, great Scott could come back and be like, hey, please do this now because you'll be really glad you did come the end of the school year. Maybe it's literally just cutting out soda. Maybe it's just literally just one cup of coffee in the morning. Maybe it's that going on a 20 or 30 minute walk four or five times a week. We talked about that a few weeks ago. It could be, it doesn't have to be, I'm gonna win the CrossFit games or I'm gonna be, no, 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 no. What's just one thing? Uh, Maybe you just cut out fried foods except for the weekend. Maybe when you get the triple cheeseburger, you only eat one part of the bun instead of both sides. I mean, it could be one thing. But you'll be surprised how one thing over time really, really makes a difference over the course of nine months. What's something yourself nine months from now would thank you for starting today? We're gonna honor God with our bodies because we're gonna live on purpose physically. And then lastly, we're gonna live on purpose spiritually. Live on purpose spiritually. We just gave you five weeks of information on this. So there's not a whole lot left for me to say on this other than some of you are as connected to God and have better health emotionally, physically, and, and connection than you've had in a while. Why? Because we've been really intentional about cutting some stuff out, spending time with God, doing our, our prayer and soap journals, doing the one minute pause. So don't let that be like a vacation that you go back to crazy from. Let it be your new normal. 
Some of you, like you owe it to yourself to keep doing what you're doing. You're more connected to your families. You have more peace in your heart and you're more connected to God than you've ever been. Don't go back to the crazy rat race. Again, we said earlier, nobody ends up somewhere on accident. So if we're gonna get what God has out of this year, this next school year for us, uh, we're gonna have to live intentionally. You guys know perhaps my favorite scripture in the entire Bible. We, we, We go here often is John 15, five. Jesus is talking about how are we gonna do this? And he says, remain in me. He says, I'm the vine. Remember, he says, God's the gardener. He takes care of everything. He says, I'm the vine. I'm the trunk. I'm the, I'm the sustenance. I'm the source of life. I, all life comes to me. He says, I'm the vine. He goes, oh, you guys are the branches. So all you gotta do is, say it with me, remain in me and I will remain in you. If we stay connected, remember week one, we're not doing this with God. We're doing this. John is John Eldridge's idea. We're gonna do this. We're gonna remain so that way where he goes, I go. When you move, I move. You know, remember all that. Okay, remain in me. And if so, you will bear much fruit. What it's Jesus is saying is if you stay connected to me, if you keep doing it, you're gonna really like the fruit that comes out of your life. The, the, financial, conne- the financial peace you have, the, the connection with your family, the spiritual disciplines that you have, the physical, like remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, he says, you can do nothing. And it doesn't matter how hard we try to strive and achieve. If we're not connected to him, we will produce no fruit. And some of us are so exhausted from grinding and trying to produce fruit on our own. And what if we took all that time and energy instead of going, I got to grind and produce and strive. No, let's just grab onto the vine. And fruit takes care of itself. I say often, so many of us are trying so hard on some of our behavior, but if you would just give God your heart, the behavior will take care of itself. Remain. It's so interesting here. There's a contrast of two different vines, two different branches. One branch is substantive, it's connected, and it produces much fruit. And the other branch has just no fruit. Finances are falling apart. Marriage is falling apart. Kids are falling apart. Health has gone to crap. I mean, my connection to God is almost nothing. This is what we're talking about. And so again, how are we going to get our lives back is have a plan and go, I can't afford not to have a few times with God throughout my day. A morning prayer time, a couple pauses, a prayer time with my family, a devotion on Sunday, Saturday with the family, whatever it may be. This word remain or substantive, there's a really cool definition of that word remain. It's kind of this meditate, but it just literally means this. Give sustained attention to. If we're gonna continue that connection we have with God, we're gonna give sustained attention to our connection to God, our relationship with God. We do it in other areas. We all give our sustained attention to something. So where is yours going. We can't find God when we just give him a quick swipe and a flicker and a, a real quick a you version while I'm putting my makeup on. That's all good. But I'm talking a time where the creator of the universe ministers to your soul, speaks to your heart, heals wounds and changes you. And if you give him space, what do we say week one? He'll always fill the space you give him. So if you give him an inch, he'll take an inch. If you empty yourself, he'll, he'll meet you and fill you there. So what are you going to do to grow yourself spiritually this year? We have lots of things in place. Uh, we've been mentioned in the 21 days of prayer. Your soap journal is a great one. Regular prayer, and regular fasting. Groups just started two weeks ago. Joining a group is a great way to grow alongside other people. Uh, there's no experts. It's just we're all growing together, but we still have some open groups. Uh, I'm thrilled that over 1,100 people are, are in groups, but there's some of us that still aren't, and we need to be growing alongside somebody else. And so that's a, a way you could do that. Um, serve on a team. We say to, to, to really find your tribe is to serve on a team and grow in a group. Uh, or, or again, keep, just keep doing what you're doing. You can't afford not to keep that up. So we're done.
Also, if you're new here, listening to me is like a podcast on two times speed, and I'm aware of it. So here's my question. We've got a couple minutes left. What do you hear the Holy Spirit highlighting? If you were to pull the highlighter out and, and, and his journal was your life, is it family? Those six questions. Is it finances? Is it your, your physical health in your temple? Is it your spiritual journey? If, you're gonna, if we're gonna get our lives back, we can't just come and feel good, be inspired and be entertained and, and all that's great, but we have, to, we have to go run. At some point, we gotta go run the play. And this pastor wants to not just give you the heart and the why, which we did for five weeks, but I wanna equip you to go run the play. Maybe it's the questions. Maybe it's the four things financially. Maybe it's taking the next step in your spiritual journey, going through growth track, joining a team. What is it for you? Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching and you're like, man, I, I don't, I, this is all brand new to me. Then your first step would be our favorite thing, which is to introduce you to Jesus. Our church exists to introduce people to Jesus and then help them to become who God created them to be. And so maybe your first step is just to acknowledge, I've been running my own life. I've been the Lord of my life and I wanna invite Jesus to run the show. I want his life. And if that's you, in just a second, I'm gonna close with prayer and we're just gonna pray and you can pray that prayer along with me. We're all gonna say it together. And we'll join you and, and you can know you're giving your heart and your life to Jesus. And you don't have to have it all figured out. It's a, it's, a, it's a leap of faith where you invite him in and then you walk with him and allow him to make you a new creation, the Bible says. For the rest of us, what do you highlight? What do you highlight? Where, where, where in nine months would you thank yourself today for paying attention to? I'm just gonna say a prayer. It's not gonna be anything you crazy or, or you haven't heard. And if, if you would just repeat this prayer after me, I want us all to lift our voices to God. And then we're gonna go run the play and we're gonna live the life God has for us, amen? So, and even for those of you online behind the screen, say this with me if you feel comfortable. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you came so that I could have life. And not just survive, but have life to the full. I don't wanna just hear this word and do nothing, but help me apply it. Help me to know the areas you're speaking to me and give me the courage to let you in, to be honest, because I don't want relief. I want restoration. And Jesus, I need you. So come into my life. Be my Lord. You call the shots. You bring your healing. I need your peace. I want your way. I thank you for your love. Now give me the strength and the courage to do it in Jesus' name. And now God, in the name of Jesus, I know that the devil is gonna come try to steal everything that's been done in this time. I know that he's gonna distract, destroy, discourage. And so I pray a, uh, just a, a supernatural protection. Would you guard our hearts, our minds, our bodies as we go? God, may we not lose the ground that we've taken, but only move forward in Jesus' name, amen.